In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! Woo! Did you know fear and panic spread faster than any virus ever could? Well, if you need an inoculation today, we've got it for you in the form of straight talk on retirement, investments, and your money. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. And welcome to the Get Ready for the Future show broadcast all around the world on Facebook Live and on YouTube and on local radio stations across uh, Central and South Arkansas. With me today is Troy Johnson from our Bryant office, co-founder of Wealth Financial Advisors, uh, Janet Walker, just to my right and to my left, uh, Troy's uh, office partner, I guess you would call it, <laughs> office mate, uh, Candace Stanley here. And our purpose today, guys, is to really just kind of impart some perspective because as we come on the air today, markets are just nuts. It's just crazy out there. Uh, a, a lot of people are are panic-stricken, fear-stricken, and today I think our job is to try to, to put some common sense into this. Absolutely. So we're going to take the opportunity today to talk with a couple of people from LPL whom we respect tremendously as far as their insight on the markets. We'll take some time to do that and then to talk with you about what do you do in times like this? What does it mean to play it safe, and is that a good response or not? Is playing it safe really playing it safe? So we've got several points to cover with you today. Troy, prior to uh, Monday morning, everything was kind of uh, beginning to get a little bit dicey in the markets. Last week, we had some sell-offs and things like that. But then uh, over the weekend, we had this oil thing crop up on top of the coronavirus. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later in the show. But uh, things just really got crazy on Monday. Yeah, especially if you're looking at oil companies right now, have mm-hmm. taken a big hit. Um, there's some tension between Russia and the Middle East. It's kind of sparked all this added volatility on top of the coronavirus. So we're going to talk a lot more about that today and kind of what you should be doing and how you should probably react to some of this stuff. And Candace, we were having a little bit of a debate uh, before the show came on about, you know, is are we really overreacting to this corona thing? Yeah, when fear and panic sets in, a lot of times you want to just, oh my gosh, I want to sell everything. I want to go to cash because that feels better. But that's not always the best thing to do. And so we'll go into details about that too. Absolutely. So uh, I think it's important to point out that we've got all this turmoil about the coronavirus. And we've really only had slightly over a thousand confirmed cases Mm -hmm. of coronavirus infections, not deaths, but infections and a handful of deaths. And certainly we don't want to downplay any situation that gives us uh, concern about what's going on as far as someone's health is concerned. But we also want to keep things in perspective. And so we're going to try to do that on today's show. A little bit later on in the show, we're going to speak live with Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist with LPL Financial. Ryan will join us live on the show uh, from his office in Fort Mill, South Carolina. But before we get to Ryan, we thought we would hear from Ryan's boss, Bert White is the Chief Investment Officer at LPL uh, Financial. And Bert, as as Janet said, we have a, a tremendous respect for Bert White and some of the wisdom that he imparts about things like this because Bert is one of those guys that can keep his head when everybody else around him is losing theirs. Absolutely. And so Bert is offering some much-needed perspective today on how just how much this noise, fear, and panic has affected you and your investments. What would you do if I told you that the real story behind this bear market decline over the last two weeks wasn't the coronavirus, it wasn't plunging oil prices, it's something else? That's what I'm going to try to convince you of in this latest episode of Street View. Yesterday was Monday. You know, the circuit breaker plunging oil prices, coronavirus infected, 7% decline for the S&P 500. Lots of fear, lots of panic, near borderline panic everywhere. But what I wanna do is offer you a slightly different perspective. What if I told you that I thought the real story of the big decline we had yesterday, but also this bear market, near bear market decline we've had over the last two weeks, that it wasn't about the coronavirus, or it wasn't really about plunging oil prices. Now those were triggers, no doubt about it. Those were triggers. 
After this 19% decline, this almost bear market decline, the market has fallen all the way back to prices last seen, wait for it, 2019. 2019? That's only a year ago. Like, we're not talking it fall back years of, of, of value. We're talking about months of value. The most important element of any correction, any of them, is not where it ends, but rather where it starts. At the start of 2019, up until about all-time highs a few weeks ago, the market was on a tear. And in fact, it was up almost 35% in 13 months. 35%, that is crazy growth. Now, it probably got a little bit over its skis. And what happens is it was waiting for some negative catalyst, any negative catalyst. It just so happened to be coronavirus, but it could have been anything that actually then began to move this overextended market to then move into a more healthy oriented correction. Look, bear markets without a recession, those are relatively common. And it usually ends right about where it is now. And that is a decline of about 20% or so. Maybe the real story is as simple as this. A market rose 35% over the last 13 months, and over the last few weeks, it gave about half of those gains back. That doesn't sound quite as scary as coronavirus and plunging oil prices, does it? Thanks for listening. Of course, there is a lot to be said for uh, the the concern that people have sure. in, in this environment. But I think Bert offers a really healthy perspective. This downturn that we're having right now comes right behind one of the biggest upturns that uh, we've seen, I, I think, since the the, uh, the bull market began back in 2008. It, you're absolutely right, John. And I'll go back to just the, the conversations that we've been having with a lot of our clients. Yes, it's true that right now, if you look at this in a short-term time period, it looks kind of ugly. You know, when you talk about being down 19%, if we're down 20, that's officially bear market territory. We haven't hit that yet. We may or may not get there. We, you know, it, frankly, in all probability, we will, being as close as we are and with things not leveled out yet. That's probably going to happen. So what? Because as Bert pointed out, most of that, or frankly, all of that, is giving up gains that you that you had a year ago, and you're still probably okay in your plan. It, what you've got to look at is, do you have a plan? And then in comparison to that, are you okay? Are you still on track? Because if we went up 35 and we're down 19, by my math, that's still up 16 from where we were, you know, prior to that that change beginning. Well, I, I've got to compliment our Gen Wealth clients for just a second because we have had, uh, and let me just kind of survey the room. I haven't done this uh, prior to us going on the air. Nobody's called up and said, "Sell everything, get me out." No, right? Not one. Right. That's not ever happened here, as far as this this opportunity is concerned. So when you think about where we are right now, we have a number of people going, "Hey." What's a, what's a good buy right here? This yes. looks like a buying yes. opportunity. And we have some people, frankly, that are calling and they just want to know, are we okay? Mm -hmm. And we're real proud to say, yeah, you're okay because we anticipated mm -hmm. this before it ever happened, Troy. Yeah, we've had, like you said, a few phone calls, but like you mentioned, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of our client base. Um, they've been very understanding and we've been able to coach them through this, which is mm -hmm. what they want out of our relationship. So, um, yeah, it's been a good deal. Yeah, absolutely. And Candace, I know that that uh, there are folks out there that are being very opportunistic about uh, this downturn because if it was a good buy in January, it's an even better buy at this particular point in time. Yeah, I had a few clients that even had stacked up some cash in their accounts for times like this. And so I went and, and called them and said, okay, how about now? They're like, yep, let's do it. Yeah. Let's, yeah. let's buy. Now, do we know whether this is over or not? We don't have any idea. It may go down even further, but, right. but we do know this these companies that were worth something you know before all this happened they're certainly not worth 30 or 40 percent less just because everybody's upset about coronavirus we're going to talk more about this and have a great discussion with ryan dietrich the chief market strategist from lpl financial coming up on the get ready for the future show stay with us there's more straight talk about retirement investments and your money right after the break stick around 
This is Scott Inman. At Genwell Financial Advisors, we understand that there should be more to retirement than just the size of your nest egg. Whether it's more time for family, a fresh start, or just stopping and enjoying life. Whatever it is for you, we know that your retirement should be more. With offices across Central Arkansas, there is a GenWealth location nearby. Call 501-653-7355 or visit us online to schedule an appointment and harness the power of more. Securities offered through LPL Financial Member FINRA SIPC. Investments and economics move at the speed of light. And we've got the latest information you need to know to stay ahead of the game. From GenWealth Financial Advisors, it's the fastest four minutes in investing. And the stock market goes down at the speed of light, apparently, <laughs> Janet. Does, at the speed of coronavirus conversations. Yes, absolutely. We're recording this on a Thursday morning of this past week, and you're watching it, obviously, over the weekend on social media, and you're listening on the Get Ready for the Future show over the weekend. And on this Thursday morning, as we uh, get started, the S&P 500 is down 7% this morning. Not, yes. not collectively, this morning. <laughs> this morning. So I wanted to help you get your arms around this just a little bit. And I've always found, Janet, that the greatest wisdom comes from the simplest minds. Yeah. And there is a, uh, I'm, a I'm a rock music fan. Uh, my past life was in radio. And so I, I love rock and roll music. And we had the opportunity to see Joe Walsh one time. Yes, we did. So it's the, quite guitar, amusing. the guitar player from the Eagles, now imagine that. But he has some of the greatest wisdom that comes out of his lyrics. And one of his lyrics says, the times I thought were the end of the world didn't turn out so bad after all. Yeah. And that's kind of where I think we are right now, Janet. I, I would absolutely agree with that. If you look back at all of the different things that have happened over the years that have been virus type of events, yeah. you know, we it sounded like the end of the world then. It wasn't. It isn't now. And so l- let's talk about some of those things that have happened in the past and also just kind of where we are right now as far as the American economy. If you look at non-farm payrolls in January and February, um, $273,000, non-farm payrolls grew by a strong number of 273,000 people um, in January and in February. And so those are good numbers for January and February. Obviously, we've got to wait and see where we are for March, but we've got good numbers rolling into this whole deal going on with the coronavirus. And I think that's the point. The economy in the United States was doing great before we all lost our collective minds, so to speak. Y'all did. We didn't. But y'all did. Uh, it's it's crazy what's right. going on out there. It's it is a mania, quite frankly. And I've never seen mass hysteria like this. But we are just going overboard. Think of all of the losses that we're having from cancellation of things like the the March Madness, the, mm-hmm. the NCAA mm-hmm. tournaments, uh, all of that type of thing. Uh, people are are just bunkering down and saying, I'm not going to to even think about even possibly maybe knowing somebody that might be exposed to this thing. So prior to coming into this period recently, we believed that the, the odds of recession were about 10%, and now it looks like it's about 20%. But let's look at what does it really take to get to that point. So if the unemployment rate goes up 0.4 percentage points compared to where it was three months previously in the United States, then that's probably we're probably headed into a recession. Otherwise, we're probably not. So I would encourage you to, again, go back to the fundamentals. Go back to your plan and determine if anything needs to be done or not. For some of you, this is an opportunity because you're younger and farther out from retirement. For others of you who are in retirement, then you need to be paying attention to how your assets are allocated. And if you're ready for a storm like this, don't worry about it. And if you're thinking, do I need to get out? No, you don't need to get out. You are fulfilling a prophecy if you get out at this particular point in time. You're locking in losses and probably won't get back in at the right time uh, to recover those losses. So the best thing that you can do is to take advantage of whatever the market is giving you right now. Pick up the phone. Give your financial advisor a call. You can call us here at GenWealth at 501-653-7355. We've got conventional wisdom during these unconventional times. That is the fastest four minutes in investing. The Get Ready for the Future show continues in just a moment. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That's how we roll on the Get Ready for the Future show. And we'll be right back.
You ain't heard nothing yet. Buckle up, because we're back with the Get Ready for the Future show. Interesting uh, choice of words on the uh, bump music coming back, buckle yeah. up, and uh, everybody has been buckled up for the last several days because of what's been going on in the markets and what have you. And so, as promised, Ryan Dietrich, the chief market strategist from LPL Financial, is joining us. And Ryan, uh, thanks so much for taking just a few minutes out of your day uh, to visit with our, our clients and our listeners today on the Get Ready for the Future show. Uh, first of all, I guess it has been an interesting time uh, for the markets, and I'm sure at LPL LPL Research. Well, John, you're not kidding, right? Three weeks ago today, we're making new highs. And now, as of the lows, 19% correction in the S&P 500. I mean, we all know why. The uncertainty over the coronavirus, literally every day, different things being canceled. Companies are saying employees need to stay home. It's that uncertainty, that fear of uncertainty that's created this sell-first, ask-questions-later mentality, not just in the U.S., but globally, one final point, and then you know, we can move on. One positive thing, guys, China. Quietly, China's stock market is actually hanging in there pretty well the last couple of weeks. It's actually leading. We know that's where everything started. So that little bit of leadership from China, in our opinion, is, is one potential positive under the surface. Ryan, I know that that there's clearly a lot of people panicked and concerned and what have you. And I said on a video earlier this week that I'm more concerned about how the reaction is going to affect us as opposed to the real impact of Corona or the oil situation. Now, you're right, John. That's exactly right. I mean, I've been coming on with you for a while saying the U.S. consumer is quite healthy. Year-over-year retail sales are 4.5%. I mean, that's really strong. The consumer has been leading this economy, and that's what's got everyone worried. Apparently, we're all buying toilet paper, right? Everybody keeps buying <laughs> toilet paper. But are we buying anything else? If we're locked in our houses for a while, you know, it, what's going to happen? I mean, multiple conferences. I'm supposed to be in L.A. right now at a conference, right? I know you guys probably were, too. Yeah. That was canceled. So there's different things that are happening that are clearly impacting the economy in the second quarter. Another little shining light, though, the first quarter data was really strong. GDP, according to the Atlanta Fed, in the first quarter, is going to be over 3%. Really good. Now, I'm aware, second quarter is coming to a screeching halt. But we're encouraged by the fact that the economy was truly on an upswing before this inevitable uh, downturn. Ryan, I want to take just a moment and talk to our, our Facebook Live viewers out there and let everybody know if you have a question that you would like to get to LPL Chief Market strategist Ryan Dietrich. If you will just comment on our Facebook Live right now, just comment there. We can get that question to Ryan and get that answered for you. Ryan, uh, we've we've seen this movie before. It has different titles, you know, from, from all types of different viruses that have happened over the years in the past. What are What is your expectation for the end of the movie, if you will, uh, by the end of this calendar year? We're looking at presidential election, and obviously at the moment we're very focused on coronavirus and what's going on with oil prices. If, if you were to use your crystal ball at this point, what would you say about the year end for 2020? All right. Well, Janet, first off, let's not forget the 10-year yield, right? I mean, the 10-year yield, yields across the globe have been dropping. But our crystal ball here at LPL Research is this. We think the U.S. economy is obviously going to be very weak in the second quarter. We do, at this point, continue to expect the coronavirus to be relatively contained with the second half of the year seeing a, a, really a big bounce back. Now, this coming Monday, we're going to lower some of our overall forecasts. With Again, we didn't expect the global slowdown to happen as quickly as it has, but we still think this bull market's alive. We're still looking for maybe potentially slight earnings growth this year. I mean, the S&P's down at the time of recording this, about 14% for the year. We do believe it can get back to positive, right? I mean, we've had a big pullback. Now, what's interesting is, is you could argue we just had a bear market, down 19% on the S&P. I know it wasn't the magical 20 we all talk about, but we took a look back to World War II. We saw six other times we had a bear market without a recession. 2018, 2011, the two most recent times. S&P bottoms right around 20%. And we, again, if you don't have a recession this time, we think that's potentially where we could be trying to carve out a bottom. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, here's my cell phone, right? I mean, I'm getting texts, and you guys are too. Every 10 minutes, people I haven't talked to in years panicked about what's going on. It is real concern, but there is that contrarian indicator that suggests, wow, so much bad stuff is priced in. We know data is going to be bad coming forward. Maybe it's just less bad than what is being priced in with a 20% stock market correction here. Ryan, can you uh, explain to our listeners what is actually happening between Russia and the Middle East and how that affects those oil prices? 
Sure. Well, the bottom line is late last week, uh, Russia and OPEC, they kind of had a disagreement on what to do. And then over the weekend, uh, it was it came out that Saudi Arabia dropped the bomb saying we're going to lower our prices. So what happened on Monday, it didn't feel like it's Monday, just two days ago, such a crazy <laughs> week. Oil prices were down 25 percent. You have an all out kind of war, if you will, inside of OPEC and Russia and Saudi Arabia. And they're trying to pressure each other. Right? They're trying to weasel each other out and pressure each other. The concern here in the U.S. is the shale and the fracking. I mean, Exxon and some of those companies broke their 2008 lows on Monday and where they are right now. So the concern is clearly how that impacts that, but don't forget, high yield spreads, that little part of the credit market, has a decent chunk in energy stocks. And as we see high yield, keeping this very simple, as high yield spreads continue to go higher, that could be potentially one of those first dominoes to fall and energy stocks could be kicking that off to a potential recession. We're not expecting that at this time, but clearly you could say when we look at the industrials and, and what's going on in manufacturing potentially going to happen, you could argue maybe we have a potential manufacturing recession on the horizon, energy recession on the horizon. And those are the things that worry us. But there is some very unique action taking place in the energy market. From LPL's point of view, though, we've been underweight energy, honestly, the four years I've been here. So it's, it's still devastating what's happening. But in our models, we, that's not a group we've liked as much. So we've been, uh, I guess you could say, quote unquote, done okay in that particular area. Ryan, I wonder if you have any thoughts on, on this line of thinking on the oil situation. I, I tend to think that anytime the Russians are involved in, in something, especially uh, uh, Putin, that he's got an underlying uh, agenda. agenda there. And, mm. and clearly, uh, he doesn't like the fact that America is energy independent at this point in time, and the, the right. shale and the fracking folks have allowed us to be that way. Uh, and I'm wondering if you think that there's any kind of real subversive action on the part of Putin or anybody else in this equation. Uh, John, that's an excellent point. I mean, you know, as of a month ago, the U.S. was a top producing oil country in the world, up over 13 million barrels of oil a day. And like you said, some of our previous uh, energy partners, if you want to call call Saudi Arabia and Russia that from 10, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, they were the ones in control. Now we are to a degree. So they absolutely are trying to pressure those, those uh, smaller uh, fracking and shale companies that have extreme debt. That's what I was kind of talking about a second ago with the high yield. They have a lot of debt. You can pressure those, um, those companies and really potentially impact those, but also potentially impact the U.S. economy. And like we said earlier, it's an election year. So everybody around the globe has some type of potential, you know, poking the bear that they might want to do an election year. The one thing I also say about an election year, though, don't forget, we clearly have a president of for re-election. Mm -hmm. You go back to 1940, the last time stocks were down the year a president was up for re-election. Okay, lame duck presidents, you can have bear markets and recessions, but when a president's up for re-election, you tend to get the economy going, stock market going, not about Republican, not about Democrat, about getting re-elected. So just be aware of that when we're talking about the S&P down 14%. That, that hadn't happened since uh, FDR in 1940 with the guy up for re-election. So give us your thought about some of the things that are being kicked around right now in terms of stimulus. I know mm -hmm. the Fed is, is pretty much out of bullets at this point. They don't have a whole lot that they can do as far as cutting interest rates and that type of thing. So you're looking at policy uh, changes to actually do some stimulus during this uh, uncertain time. The president's floated out maybe a, a tax cut uh, or a tax pause, if you will. They're talking about kicking the deadline for uh, actually right. filing your taxes down maybe a month or so. What are your thoughts on any of that or maybe even an infrastructure bill? Yeah, John, we think those are the, that's important to do, because like you said, monetary policy, whether the, the Fed, right? I mean, just this morning, the Bank of England cut rates uh, unexpectedly, but believe me, everyone's been cutting rates, so I think right. it's that unexpected. The other side of thing is fiscal policy. And you're right, there's going to be a potential payroll deduction down to 0%, which should help small businesses and individuals significantly. And now, when you talk about infrastructure, we're not as sure if we're going to see that. I mean, if the coronavirus didn't happen, we probably would have seen the infrastructure. We think that might get pushed back a little bit, but we need some type of fiscal policy along with monetary policy. And this is a real important point. Monetary policy is there. Fiscal policy is likely coming. Those two things together really can create a potential stronger economic backdrop. If the worst doesn't happen with coronavirus, that's why the second end can be spring loaded. We think now is a lot like 1998. Remember back then, we had long-term capital management, the Russian ruble crisis, stock market down, Fed did a surprise cut, different stimulus put in play, and then that bull market kept going for a couple of years. And we think 
think there are, I mean, you know, what would Mark Twain say? History doesn't repeat, but it rhymes. There are some similarities with what's going on to kind of, you know, load the gun to get things going from a monetary and uh, fiscal policy point of view here, right here and right now. Ryan, we're always focused on education here at GenWealth, and I'd, I'd like for you to help our listeners out because you've talked about bear market and you've talked about recession, and I feel like those are industry words that we're all familiar with, but our listeners probably are not. Can you draw the line of, of distinction between what those really mean? Absolutely. So a bear market historically is simply when the S&P, well, we'll just say stock market in general, goes down 20% from an all-time high. That's that magic number that we use, 20%. And then on the flip side, and some of the worst bear markets, don't forget, in 2000 and in the financial crisis, um, we had the stock market get cut in half, right? So right. most bear markets are down about 30% from the highs. We were just down about 20, so maybe we have a little more potentially. And again, we don't see another 50% haircut. Flipping it forward to the, what a recession is, there's different types of ways people monitor a recession. You can have an earnings recession, which means earnings are going down two quarters in a row. But the typical book we all use is GDP. That's uh, how much the country is growing, gross domestic product. If that's down two quarters in a row, Janet, we consider that a recession. Last thing on recessions, though, usually you know they started well after they started. What I'm getting at in 2008, Ben Bernanke was talking about how the economy was strong in January of 2008. Looking back, the recession started in December of 2007. So sometimes we're a little behind the curve on when that recession officially did start. Ryan, tell us, uh, we've got about a minute left. Tell us uh, what, if anything, you guys are doing as far as your investment models and what have you are concerned, because that actually directly affects our clients and our listeners. So what's going on behind the scenes at LPL Research right now? Yeah, behind the scenes and right out front, we've been talking about it. We were market weight equities here. We took off a little bit of risk the second half of last year. Had a fair value target in the S&P of 3,200. We're kind of sitting there when the S&P was above it saying, oh boy, is this bull market going to keep going? Well, now we've had the pullback. Now we've had the opportunity in our different models. We've added risk in a couple different models, actively talking about continuing to add some risk. By risk, I'm talking about stocks over bonds, right? Bonds have done great, continue to add stocks. And also, you know, we've got a blog, lplresearch.com, a podcast. We've got morning calls with advisors. All of those are hitting record number of listens, record number of views. So people are really coming to us, which makes us feel good in a time of need. And we're going to continue to get that collateral out there, but we're still bulls is the short answer. Well, we know you're very busy. You're a busy guy all the time, but uh, very busy right now. So we're going to let you get back to work. We thank you so much for joining us on the Get Ready for the Future show, and uh, we'll stay in touch. Anytime. Appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. All right. That's Ryan Dietrich, the Chief Market Strategist for LPL Financial. If you've got questions, let us know. We'll try to get answers for you here on the Get Ready for the Future show. We're going to continue our discussion on coronavirus, oil, and the markets, and what you need to do in your portfolio as the show continues in just a moment. Your retirement should be more. More what? More than just investments. More about you. Find out more when the Get Ready for the Future show returns. Do you have a burning question? Email info at getreadyforthefuture.com with your name, location, and question to get a response on the air from the Gen Wealth team. Now, back to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you are a regular viewer or listener to the Get Ready for the Future show, you may be asking, where's that Scott Inman guy? <laughs> he's still around. Yes. He's just not here every day of the week these days. Um, he's had some uh, family medical issues that he's helping family members deal with right now. And I, I think even during this show, during one of the breaks today, you guys heard talk heard John talking about um, one of the one of the tenets of Gen Wealth, and one that of the is one of the values, and that is that we believe in balance and that has to do with work-life balance and that you can't do a good job at work if work is all you do and we believe in making time for family um, challenges when those come up and so Scott is still able to take care of his clients this is why we work in teams like we do so you've still got another advisor to help you on things and he is still here for a period of time each week but as he needs to be out he's doing what he needs to do for family and that's just who we are and we've got you know, somewhat talented people on we the can, on the radio. We can do an all right show somewhat, without him. Somewhat. I mean, extremely, <laughs> extremely. As she says, extremely talented. Okay. So anyway, we got the B team in anyway. That's right. Uh, That's at, right. at least in the anchor chair here, uh, yeah. you definitely have the B player on the anchor chair. But uh, we believe Scott will probably be back next week. Uh, we hope mm-hmm. so, and uh, you will uh, see him again. So yeah. just uh, wanted to update our our Genwell family on what was going on there, and uh, we will hear more from Scott when he comes back. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's get back 
to this whole thing about uh, coronavirus and, and the markets and what have you, let me tell you one thing that you will never hear us do here at GenWealth, and that is try to take advantage of something like this for short-term gain. Now, will we help you take advantage of it for short-term gain? Absolutely. But there are folks out there that are, are really just fomenting fear. And, you know, those voices get a lot of attention on social media, on actual uh, domestic media, uh, you know, your drive-by media, as they're called sometimes. Uh, But I think that that you've got to understand that they may have a a different motive. And let me just say this. Uh, Some people may say, well, you guys got a motive. You want to make money. Well, that's not the point. We we do not profit from short-term trades here at GenWealth. And so that's not something that Mm -hmm. we're really at all interested in uh, trying to, to stir up. Will we accommodate you for your short-term trade if you want to do one? Sure, but we're not out there trying to make that happen as a way of driving your portfolio value. I mean, if you think about it, and then, Troy, we had a client who asked us about this this week, and, and the dollar amount was, hey, I've got I've got an extra $10,000. You know, what should I do with this? And if you do the math on that, you know, even if you make, you know, 20% on this, because we're down about 20%, if you make that 20%, okay, it's a couple of thousand dollars. Well, does that make or break their future probably not you know it, it it's it's not in a big deal in the grand scheme of things what we really what we wound up doing in that case was he came back and said you know what i think we're actually just going to use that ten thousand to pay down on the house and it'll get them that much closer to having the house paid off by the time that he retires that's more important that's a bigger yep. impact than that two thousand dollars would ever be to get freed up from that house payment yeah and in, th- in their case that made sense to do yeah. that you, you know your case may be different right i think so far on the show we've talked to a couple market experts right bert and, and ryan so those are they kind of talk at a kind of a higher level. We're kind of getting into the personal finance right. side of this now. Right. I want to give you one more video if you're out there. If you want to hear from a personal finance expert, very well known, everybody knows Dave Ramsey, right? Right. Our friend Dave. So if you go to YouTube after our show and type in Dave Ramsey reacts to potential stock market crash. I know that's kind of long. Watch that video. It's about eight minutes long. And uh, be prepared. You might get your feelings hurt a little bit. You know, when Dave <laughs> yeah. gets on his soapbox, he's going to tell you how it is. But it's he really rant. puts it in a normal person level that's very easy to understand. Yeah. Well, and like I said earlier, as we were going to break, Candace, if you think that all these companies of the S&P 500 or any company in particular is worth 30 or 40 percent less today than it was a month ago, or two months ago, or whatever the case may be, you don't understand anything about economics. Right, because we know that the markets react to news, to politics, mm-hmm. to things like that. But the values of these equities, of these companies, their intrinsic value is still in play. You know, they those have not changed overnight. It's just reaction to the news. And Janet, I remember when we were sitting in my office at the GenWealth headquarters here in Bryant in 2008. Yes. And the market just kept <laughs> falling and falling and falling and falling. And it was it was unheard of at that particular point in time. But we have seen this scenario before. And here's what we know about this. We know that the people that blinked, the people that made moves in the midst of all the panic and all of the uh, situations that were going on back then, when they went to cash, they locked in a loss. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people didn't even let it go back into the market when things settled down. And they were even still in cash. Yeah. A, a decade later, yeah. I mean, we, we met with people who a decade later came in and said, I got scared in 2008, I went to cash, and they missed all of that upswing. And what I would encourage you now to realize is that if you were in the market when all of this latest fiasco started, then you've already experienced the downturn. Hang on for the upswing because, you know, none of this lasts forever. And we believe in the American economy. At the end of the day, we believe that the American economy, you know, pulls through. It continues to do that. And so we believe that that will be the case in this situation as well. You've just got to look at when are you going to need access to those particular funds. If it's in the short term, then you need to treat them like short-term dollars. But if it's long-term, 
Don't worry about what's going on in the news at the moment. As I'm fond of saying, you should never allow short-term circumstances to drive your decisions about your long-term investments. And equities, let's face it, if you have equities in the market, they need to be long-term money. If somebody's talked to you about investing short-term in equities, you're not investing, you're speculating, you're gambling. And you can do that. Uh, Certainly, there are people that I've talked to this week that have bought stocks that they're very familiar with, and they go, I can't, I can't not buy that stock at that price. I, I can't think, skip the opportunity. Yeah, I can't skip yeah. the opportunity. And that's fine if that's your play money, if that's something if that's discretionary investment dollars, that's fine if you want to do that. Because it may or may not work out. I don't know. That's speculation. Here's what I do know. Anybody that has ever invested or ever bet against the American economy on a long-term basis, mm-hmm. if they bet against it, they've lost. You haven't lost, they've lost. And so when you think about what was going on in 2007, 2008, if you bet on the American economy during that time, even with this downturn, look where you would be. Well, and and I I think it's important for you to understand about the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process that we utilize. Having lived through 2008 as advisors, John, that had a tremendous impact on how we build our plans moving forward. Because frankly, when it happens once, you know it's going to happen again. And and we were also, we're talking about 2008, but we were also advisors way back in the 2000, 2001, 2002 time period as well. So we've been through this movie multiple times at this point, and we know how this plays out. We don't know the exact timing or the exact details, but generally speaking, we know how this plays out. And so we have built your plans accordingly. And more importantly, I think it's it's critical for you to understand that whether you're meeting with John and myself, who've, who've been through you know so many bad markets in the past, or even somebody who is newer to the GenWealth team, everybody here utilizes the same process. And that process will work in times like this. And it's important for you to understand that regardless of of which advisor you're meeting with, they know how to handle these types of markets. Candace, for folks that are raising families that are trying to build wealth for themselves, this can be a great opportunity. It can be really an opportunity for them not to maybe shove a bunch of money in the market all at once. That wouldn't be what we would say. Right. But to put to work an old story that we always have talked about at GenWealth, and that's the cow story. Yeah, if you've uh, ever met with us before and you're accumulating assets and you're younger and you're um, learning about how or how your 401k works or your retirement plan of some other name works, um, we talk about the cow story. So we pretend that we're farmers. And did you want me to go and tell the whole story right now? <laughs> I, don't know that we have I can do it in record time. You've heard me before. You're on. <laughs> so we pretend that we're farmers, okay? And the whole purpose is to populate our field. That's our goal. And so we're going to spend $100 a month at the at the cow market so we take our hundred dollars and we go in the first month and cows are ten dollars a piece right so how many cows can we buy about 10 cows buying 10 cows great the next month we go we've got our hundred dollars again and now cows are five dollars a piece so now we can buy 20 cows awesome right that's a great thing we got more cows we have more cows that's the goal populate the field with cows so we go to our third month we've got our hundred dollars cows are two dollars a piece they're on sale it's hot right so we're gonna buy 50 cows mm-hmm. okay so what's our total now we've got 80 cows yep all right and what's and the value of our field well our cows are only worth two dollars a piece so i'm freaking out i'm going That's nuts right. because i'm th- i'm going oh uh, we'll never eat again because cows are just going to die because the value is all going to go away and and nobody oh will gosh. be buying cows right right well hang on let's just see what happens okay all right so we go back to the cow market the fourth month we've got our hundred dollars and cows are now back up to five dollars a piece so we get to buy 20 more cows. We go our fifth month, $100. Cows are back up to $10 a piece. So now we get to buy 10 more cows. So now we've spent how much? $500. Right. And what's the value of our field, though? If cows are $10 a piece and we've got 110 cows. They're now at $1,100. $1,100. 
So that's a good deal. Yeah, so that is a microcosm of what we go through in a long-term uh, accumulation po- process in the market. You go back to uh, 2000, you had opportunities to dollar cost average into 2000, 2001, 2002 is mm-hmm. that bear market hit. And then markets came back up and then you had another opportunity to dollar cost average again in 2007, 2008, right. and uh, uh, the beginning of 2009. Now we've been on a bull run all this time and you're just accumulating more shares. To, to be clear, though, dollar cost averaging does not protect against a loss or guarantee a gain. But what's what's happening here, just understand the concept. As the price goes down, you're buying more shares of whatever it is. We're, we talk about buying cows, okay? It's just easier to understand. But as the price goes down, you buy more shares. As the price goes up, you buy fewer shares. That's the concept of dollar cost averaging. So the point here is, if you are accumulating shares, if you're in that phase of life where you're adding money for your retirement, this is fabulous to be able to take advantage of those fluctuations in price. However, if you're in distribution mode, if you're getting ready for retirement, or maybe you're already in retirement, the same story that works to the advantage of the accumulator is dangerous for somebody who's in a distribution phase. And we're going to talk about that on the other side of the break. We want you to contact us if you've got questions. We're across the state of Arkansas. We have six offices across the state of Arkansas and in North Northwest Louisiana. 501-653-7355 gets you connected with the GenWealth uh, investment specialist uh, that is near you, and we would be glad to visit with you about your particular situation. We're back on the Get Ready for the Future show in just a moment. Don't miss a minute of the Get Ready for the Future show. Look for our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher, or visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash radio. We'll be right back. Meet the GenWealth team in person at our GenWealth Academy workshops happening in your area. For more information, visit GetReadyForTheFuture.com slash events. Now, back to the show. Get your pen and paper ready. We're going to talk to you about some Gen Wealth events that are coming up. But I want to also say hello to all of our lunchtime listeners and, and viewers on yeah. Facebook Live. Uh, we have a whole crew that has now made it almost a, uh, a lunchtime tradition. The following, yes, Gen Wealth Lunch Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> on Wednesdays at eleven thirty, you get your your sack lunch out. You put out all your stuff. You get the uh, Facebook thing going on. These on people the, are retired. They're they're having whatever they want for lunch. They didn't have true. to sack lunch it at work. <laughs> that's yeah. true. I want to say hello to David and Gary and Coralie and Laverne who are always checking in for us on, on Facebook. And uh, you too can uh, join us. If you're listening on the radio, you can join us on Wednesdays at 1130 on the GenWealth Facebook page and catch us on Facebook Live as we do our show. Uh, coming up, we've got, uh, speaking of live, we've got a couple of live events in the mm-hmm. El Dorado area. Destination Retirement is coming to the El Dorado Conference Center. Uh, Charlie Skinner and his team down there getting ready for this workshop coming on April 14th at 6.30 at the Conference Center in El Dorado. Then a couple of days later, we will be over in Hot Springs at the Doubletree. This is a beautiful, brand new renovated hotel yes. at, uh, at right on the lake in Hot Springs. Uh, Doubletree is is a fabulous venue for our workshop and we're going to do Destination Retirement there. And Janet, Destination Retirement really does talk about being ready to retire. And one of the things that we address in Destination Retirement is a, a, a situation or thought process right now that people may be trying to play it too safe in the markets. You're, you're right, John. This is really, it's really one of my favorite presentations. If you if you have the opportunity to come and join us on either of these, please go ahead and do that. Um, what, what we're talking about, though, on playing it safe, I think it's important to realize that regardless of your choice, you are choosing to accept a risk. Now, the question is, which risk are you accepting? And, and I'll use travel as an example. A lot of people are just terrified to fly, and so they'll drive somewhere. Well, if you look at the statistics, you're actually more likely to be in a car accident than in an airplane crash. The reason it gets more attention is when a plane crashes, there are more people involved than there are in any individual car accident. But statistically, the risk is higher in a car accident. We just don't think that way, okay? It gets more media, so it gets more attention. The same is true of investing. So if you play it too safe, you may be going to the bank with, you know, all of your investment money 
know, you do need to go to the bank with your safe money. That's that's what we do with savings. But with your investment money, if you go and let's say put it in a CD, which my, my son had a test this week and he learned that it stands for certificate of deposit, we call them certificates of depreciation because they're not going to keep up with inflation. So what you're doing is avoiding market risk, but you are accepting inflation risk. And that's one that, you know, very much like riding in the car. People don't think of it as being dangerous, but it is a very real danger. And in fact, it's, you know, the market is a, it may be a problem. Inflation is, it will be a problem. Absolutely. Absolutely. Troy was uh, feverishly writing notes to himself over there. You got uh, some thoughts on that? No, I just thought it was, you made a really good point. We hear about the stock market crash, just like we hear about the plane Plane crash, crash, right? Mm -hmm. But we don't, you know, on the news every night, they they give you the Dow and the S&P and everything. They don't give you, you know, what was inflation over the past year, over the past 10 years or throughout somebody's retirement. So I think that's a very good point you made there. Thank you. I think that it, I think it's really interesting that on the news the graphics are all flashing red yeah. when it's uh, when the markets are bad and you know you kind of have this just regular just kind of comment when markets are good. Yeah, that was up four hundred points today or something mm-hmm, like that, mm-hmm. and they move on. But if it's uh, down four hundred points, a global meltdown on you know, and, and you right get now. driven by this, and oftentimes, mm-hmm. Candace, that's what evokes that emotion. And emotion when you're involving emotion and money that's a real problem yeah i've had a little bit of uh, conversation on social media about you know recent events and uh, one of the comments was inflation is hard losing fifty thousand dollars while you sleep is harder and that is it is it's a hard thing we understand the concern but inflation is a longer term problem that you have to address and this down fifty thousand dollars is more than likely going to be a short-term problem so we don't need to make any rash decisions and playing it safe and going all to cash just because of what's going on in recent events. Let me uh, rewind back to 1987 when the market fell the worst percentage drop in one day on Wall Street in history, 1987. Sam Walton, who was Mm -hmm. obviously the founder of Walmart, said to uh, someone who was interviewing him, Mr. Walton, haven't you lost all of your fortune? And he looked at him and he said, I haven't lost anything. It's all on paper. I'm hanging on. I'm not selling anything. So your guy that lost 50,000, quote unquote, lost $50,000, he hasn't lost it. Right. If he Mm -hmm. doesn't sell it, he hasn't lost it. He still has the same number of shares that he had before. Nobody came in and chiseled out, you know, half his shares and said, I'm Mm -hmm. going to take that away from you. The shares are just temporarily valued less. And I know that's probably not what soothes your conscience mm-hmm. when you're when you're sitting there looking at your statement or looking online at your account or anything of that nature that's your first problem don't look <laughs> just don't look yeah. uh, because if it's long term money it really doesn't matter between point A and point B how much it's worth what matters is when you get to point B and you will never get to point B if you don't allow it to work and work itself up and down. And I would just add, if you look, just don't touch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a good well, rule. I like that. If you do sell it, if you do sell it when it's down, where are you going to go with it? You're either going to leave it in cash, you're going to put it in a bank CD or, or maybe a savings account, right. which would be cash. And and we've already talked about interest rates are very, very low. Right. So if you sell it while it's down and you're going to get a very low interest rate on one of those types of products – you might never get back it's up a lose, to where lose. you were mm-hmm. before. Yeah. Money is an employee. Think about it this way. You're a business owner and you own money. And money is employee. A money has to work for you. And if you basically park your money, it's like taking all of your employees and, and you know putting them in a room and closing the door and saying, y'all don't work. Y'all all go in spring break at the yeah. same time. Everybody <laughs> yeah. just stop working. Don't, you know, do some of your employees goof <laughs> off sometimes. Sure. Yeah, they do. That's a losing proposition. But, but you know, those are things that, that you've got to think about when you are looking at this from an economic standpoint. If you feel like that, that, you know, all these companies have just lost all of their value and there's no more value for you to see, then you don't understand economics. You need to basically read a little bit about how things work, how companies work and all of that. This is a great opportunity for folks that are poised to take advantage of it. So let's go back to playing it safe. And what do you need to do if you're looking at your investments and the market is scary to you? I get it. Okay, it's it's your life savings. We understand that. 
but it's all about balance. We've talked today about work-life balance. You need to right. have balance in your investments as well. This is the whole deal about, you know, Mama told you you don't need to have all your eggs in one basket. The same is true of your investments. There needs to be some money that is set aside for short-term money in retirement, meaning the next five to ten years. And I know ten years sometimes sounds like a long time. In the investment world, it is a short period of time, okay? So short-term money and then more moderate-term money and then long-term money. And if you've done that, then let time do what time does. And as John likes to say, time heals most wounds in the market. So that long-term bucket should be the only bucket that's really seeing an impact from this. And you just give it time to recover. That's how this works. So that is part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. I think, I'm sorry, go ahead, Troy. Well, I was just going to say, on that long-term bucket, the way that we set up the plans here at Gen Wealth for most of our clients, almost all of our clients that are in retirement now that's money that they're not going to use for for 16 plus years. So they're looking and seeing mm-hmm. the volatility on that portion of it, but they're also understanding, okay, I've got I've got a decade and a half right. before I have to use that money. Let me just editorialize for just a second. I believe at times like this, you have a choice. You can choose fear, you can choose panic, you can choose distress, or you can choose math, logic, mm-hmm. science, and research. It's just that simple. You can go one direction or the other. If you feel like you need a good healthy dose and inoculation from all of this and a good healthy dose of reality, pick up the phone and give us a call, 501-653-7355. We've got six offices across the state of Arkansas and northwest Louisiana. We are in uh, Little Rock, Bryant, Hot Springs, El Dorado, Conway and in Bossier City, Louisiana. Brand new Conway office. We're very proud of uh, our team in Conway. They're doing a great job. And there's our final thought, Bill. So let's kind of go around the horn here, Candice. Let's start off with some final thoughts on today's show. Uh, My final thought would be to keep a clear mind and focus on the fundamentals. Always focus on the fundamentals. Janet? I go back to what we talk about regularly, and that's that you need to have a plan on paper, on purpose for your retirement. As we said earlier, John, we knew that when we put together, frankly, every plan that we've developed for any retiree at GenWealth, we knew that this time would come. We didn't know that the label would be coronavirus or oil, and we didn't know exactly when it would happen, but we knew that it would happen, and it's written into the plan. If you don't have a plan on paper, on purpose for your retirement, it's time to get that. Troy? Final thought is let's put it back into perspective. You know, the stock market prices right now are only back to where they were in 2019. Yep. Less than a year. I want to go back to the 2007-2008 financial crisis. We've been through that. Janet and I uh, spent a great amount of time with clients during that time. And I want you to think back to the people that really won during that time. Ask yourself, what did they do? Did they go and park all of their money in cash? No. Did they take advantage of the opportunity that it presented? You can look at situations one of two ways. You can see a problem or you can see an opportunity. We see opportunity here. We see an opportunity if you're getting ready to retire for you to allow this to be kind of a wake-up call. As Burt White talked about, we're just back, uh, you know, about a year set back from where we were uh, about a year ago in the market. So you haven't really had a major impact on your portfolio, but now is the time to get ready. Let this be a wake-up call to you to get your portfolio aligned with that balance that Janet talked about. Give us a call at 501-653-7355. That's 501-653-7355. We'd love to visit with you about your ready-to-retire process here at GenWealth Financial Advisors. That's the show for this week. Have a great week. We'll see you next uh, Wednesday. The GenWealth Financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com or call our offices at 501-653-7355. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial, member FINRA SIPC. The Get Ready for the Future show is a production of GenWealth Financial Advisors, and opinions expressed are not those of this radio station and are for general information only. 